preached so long a boy fell out of the window and had to be revived so I'm going to preach till someone I think someone fell over earlier so maybe we're already done you know 10 weeks ago 10 weeks ago we started talking about how uh, in nine weeks and it would have been if it hadn't been for the snow and the mess and stuff whatever it was last week uh, that we were going to move towards our celebration Sunday and here we are our Celebration Sunday, and, and this year we've, we've had a bigger charge than in the past, a different charge than in the past, because not only are we doing uh, what we're doing today, which is making a, a commitment to mission and we're doing what God has set in front of us to do this year at Northwest Church of Christ by giving $110,000 in cash and, and 
checks and pledges and push pay and all the different ways that we have to give to God today. Um, but we've also talked about let's join in the mission in other ways too. It's incredible to be a sender of mission, but we also want to join in mission. And we've talked about joining in uh, the mission of our missionaries by joining with them in prayer. Uh, joining with them in prayer. Uh, one of the things that you're going to see in a little while when we go over to eat in the other building is you're going to see our prayer challenge is going to be in there. And we've got uh, the involvement challenge. And today as we begin to celebrate, we're not just celebrating the really good food that is to come. And we're not just celebrating the contribution that is to come. What we're celebrating is that the kingdom of God continues to break through into this world every day. That God is active and alive and that when we join with him, we partner with him in the work that he's doing to transform this world into looking more and more like his kingdom. So that when Jesus teaches his apostles how to pray, he tells them, you've got to pray, our Father, when your kingdom comes, may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's what today is about. It's about God's will being done in this world as in heaven because God put us here. That's what we celebrate. We celebrate the breaking in of the kingdom. And one of the ways we do that is through the contribution. It is through the collection that we're going to take here at the, the end of the sermon. And we do it at the end of the sermon so we can, can kind of build towards it. Uh, but the contribution that we're going to take to support the mission of God, that our missions committee, but more importantly, that God has placed before this church. And we tend to get a little squirmish when preachers talk too much about money. Um, we tend to think that, that we talk about finances because when we think about money, we think about budgets and bills and we think about economics and, and we think about socioeconomic, we think about money. But the thing is, when you actually look at Scripture, when the Bible talks about money, what the Bible is often talking about is faith. Oh, yeah. And what the Bible is often talking about is, is generosity. The Bible tends to be less concerned about the economics than it is about whether you're putting your trust in your money or your trust in your God. Today, while we're giving as an act of, of financially putting our resources into God's mission, what we're also doing is making a faith statement that we trust God to do what God has said that he's going to do. So that, that this sermon and today is not really about will we give enough money to fund our mission's goal. The question is, do we have enough faith? That's the question. You know, this last month we've been challenged uh, by the leaders of this church to pray for missions, to live for missions, and to give for missions. Uh, today, when we go over, as I mentioned a minute ago, to uh, the Family Life Center, you're going to see up on, some of you may have already seen it, there's a, a, a card holder that's mounted on the wall in there, and it's got 12 cards in it for each of the missions and missionaries that we're supporting. Um, Alex, you're one of them. We're going to pray for Alex this year when Alex goes to Honduras this summer. And when you go over there, here's what I want to encourage you to do. As families, when you go over there today, as a family, choose one of these missionary cards. Uh, and there's not 200 of each of them. I wanted to force you all to pick different missionaries so that all of our missionaries will be prayed for. Uh, you can't all pray for Alex. I mean, you can't all pray for Alex, 
but you can't all have a card with Alex's face on it. As a family, pick a missionary. This year, make it part of your family's daily tradition when you come together to pray. And I hope you do have a tradition of coming together as a family to pray. And I hope when you come together to pray that, that you will grab that card and say, let's remember to pray for our missionaries. That's one of the challenges that's before us. And it's not a new challenge. This has been done at Northwest before. Uh, this, go to the next slide. This is a group of people who some years ago, when Neil and Betty Massey, who are members of this congregation, went to, uh, to go to mission work in Australia, they asked that members of this church would commit to pray for them while they were in Australia, to daily pray for them. And if you look at this, if Donna's in the front and you think, is this yesterday? <laughs> but if you look at Charles over here, it was not yesterday. <laughs> it was not. But you guys committed to pray for Neil and Betty Massey in Australia. And Betty has shared with me uh, over the past couple of months, we've had several opportunities to talk about this. And she didn't just share the picture with me. She shared with me that it meant the world to her to know that when she was over in Australia, feeling at times alone, feeling isolated, to know that she wasn't because of the people in this church who were committed to be with her in that place through prayer. That, that when she would go and minister to someone in Australia, she wasn't doing it by herself, but with prayer champions and prayer warriors standing directly behind her with their prayers, pushing her forward into those difficult moments, getting her over the obstacles and, and the things that are, are tough in mission work. That it meant something to know that these, these people in this congregation had her back and Neil's back in prayer. That they had warriors fighting with them on the front lines of the breaking through of the kingdom of God into the world. And we're challenging you as a church to do this again, and not just for one missionary family, but for all of those who our missions committee has, has prayerfully put before you today. Uh, not only praying for people, we're challenging Northwest this year to get involved by living the mission, that we want 150 members of Northwest Church of Christ to get involved in missions. And if you do it, we'll give you a shirt. Um, and that's what it looks like. We actually have kid sizes, but I thought this picture was more fun. It is my, and she is really, doesn't that, her light shines. I want to give out the first two or three of these. Let's see, I didn't actually look at the sizes before I did this, which is kind of a mistake. Uh, Alton, I want to give you one of these shirts. Alton is one of our missionaries, and you cannot stop Alton from doing mission work every single day. And so Alton gets a shirt. I also picked Alton because I thought he's going to put the shirt on. <laughs> I, I did make sure I had Alton's size. I also want to give a shirt to Bill. Bill, you don't have to put yours on right now. Thank you. Yeah. Um, Bill just got back from doing several weeks of mission work in the Philippines where they saw, was it 105? 107 people were baptized and gave their lives to Jesus Christ. And this one I want to give to one of our other missionaries who does a lot of her mission work behind the scenes to Donna. I want to give you this one. It is the wrong size. You'll have to trade it out later. 
Some of you may not know this, but Donna has been doing World Bible School correspondence courses and Bible studies with people all over the world for years. Uh, you're sharing me a couple weeks ago that you prayed that God would send you new students, and you got, was it 30? 50. 50. 50. She'd gone some time without any new studies. She's got a period of time without new studies, and she prays, God, give me, give me some new students, and 50 show up. You think God is excited about what Northwest is doing in missions? You think God is excited and encouraging, me, encouraging this church, pray for missions, live for missions, give for missions. And so today we're launching all of this into place. We're starting this ministry. This year, if you're someone that's involved in a mission effort that takes God into the world or brings the world to God, we're going to give you a shirt. And the shirt isn't just a prize. Uh, it is that. Uh, the shirt is also, it talks about Missio Dei, the mission of God. And it says Northwest Church of Christ on it so that you can wear that shirt. And everywhere you go and someone says, what's that? You can say, I'm so glad you asked. Because I'm a bridge for God, and I'm going to tell you about God and bring him into your life. And if you'll let me, I'll bring you into the life of God, the life of the church, the life of Christ. And, and I'll tell you, in spite of all of this going on and the confidence that I have of what's going on, I, over the past couple weeks, when you get too much time, you get a snowstorm and you get time to think about things, you get time to worry about stuff. And over the past couple weeks, I had a couple days where I started to worry about March for Missions. Uh, I started to, to doubt. I started to think, what if we don't, what if we don't make the goal? What if we as a church show up on what I thought would be last Sunday and I now know is this Sunday? We show up and, and the, the response is, I don't know, I'm just, it's, it doesn't happen. What if the guest speakers weren't exciting and encouraging enough? What if uh, the members aren't interested enough? What if uh, that what's going on is, is just, it falls flat. What if it's too icy or snowy? What if daylight savings time gets in the way and everyone sleeps a couple extra hours and misses the collection? What if, what if we don't do it? What if we fail? And worry and doubt creep, creep in. I'm worried about it. And I'm staring at the blank page of a sermon and I'm trying to figure out what am I going to say to ensure that this church is ready and equipped and excited to give for March for missions. And as I began to stress about that, I really was given three things. I was given them by scripture. I was given them, I believe, by the spirit. And I want to offer them to you today because they were a blessing to me. And I think that they're going to be a blessing to you. And I believe that these things are going to spur us on to exceed and achieve in all of the goals that have been set before this church to excel in missions. And the first thing that I was given in my moment of worry and fear was this. And this is loosely translated from the, the passage from the Sermon on the Mount below. It's where Jesus says, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body or what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any of you, can any one of you by worrying add a single dollar to the March for Missions collection? 
loosely translated. Okay. Don't worry. Add one day to your life. Add one dollar to your income. Add one. What do you worry about? Can your worry fix it? Your worry cannot fix it. It doesn't. And this is, again, you remember, anytime the Bible talks about money, it's talking about faith. And the faith part of this is this. We worry because we don't have enough faith in God to take care of us. And so Jesus says, doesn't he take care of the flowers? Yes. Doesn't he take care of the birds? Yes. Does he love you more than flowers and birds? Yes. Then what are you so worried about? You either think he doesn't love you, he doesn't care, or he's not strong enough to do what you think needs to be done, and what he knows needs to be done is better than what you think anyways. Okay, I shouldn't worry about March for missions, but it's not just me worrying about the church's mission goals, it's for you. Because as you've been thinking this week about your giving, your contribution, how much money you're going to hold in your hand and how much money you're going to release to God's mission, one of the things that has to creep in and that tends to creep in in those moments is, but I'm worried about if what's left over will be enough for me, for my family and my kids. And I'm not opposed to stewardship and responsibility. What I am opposed to is when worry causes us to hold on to that which God is inviting us to give away. Worry and fear can get in the way, and they get in the way because we have trust in our power and our planning, and we don't have enough trust in God's power and God's planning. Worry is a faith issue. So we shouldn't worry because I'm not control, in control, and God is in control. That's the first thing. The second thing that I was given and that I want to offer you today is, is this, that the God who is in control of this universe who created it in the first place has, has two parts of a plan that I want to share with you today. I, I don't pretend to know all the parts of God's plan, and there's certainly other parts that can come into this today, but there's two parts of God's plan to bring his kingdom into the world that I want to really focus on today because I think it's going to be a blessing to us as we prepare for our giving and our praying and our living the mission of God this year. Part one is from the Great Commission. It's in the end of the Gospel of Matthew. It's the last words he's going to leave his apostles with after spending several years uh, doing ministry with them and among them and, and through them. And the Great Commission says this. Starting in verse 16, And the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority on heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Jesus' words here are powerful, and we're going to get to those in a minute, but I want to just go back a little bit before the Great Commission begins. I want you to think about all that these 11 men have seen. All the miracles, all the wonders, all of the teachings, all of the stories, the, the healings, the miracles over nature, all, all of the things they've seen. I want you to think of your favorite 
act of power, your favorite miracle, your favorite thing that, that you know, so your favorite Jesus story, and I actually want you to share it with the person sitting next to you. Crowd participation here. Share your favorite miracle of Jesus with the person who's next to you. Okay? Take a minute. Think of your favorite one. Share it. All right. I let everyone talk for one minute, and Henry's all of a sudden up talking again. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Listen, all, all of the things that you just shared in this room, all of the stories, all of the miracles, all of the demonstrations of incredible power, those men were there and they saw it. They saw him walk on water, feed thousands. They saw him heal the blind. The lame people, uh, lame men walked. A woman who'd been bleeding for years was healed of her bleeding and got to have her normal life back. Over and over again, Jesus defies what is possible and he does it with incredible power, incredible authority. He gets out of the grave. He's crucified, and three days later, he comes back to life. He gets out of the tomb. He appears to them. He shows them his hands and his feet. He eats fish in front of them. They know that he's alive. They go to the hill where he tells them to meet him. He's about to ascend to heaven, and they worship him, and some doubted. Can you imagine? Isn't, isn't the response to that, don't you think about that doubt and think, you guys are foolish. How do you so quickly forget all that Jesus can do? Rewind about five minutes in the sermon here, where I confess to you that a couple weeks ago I sat in prayer doubting that we could meet the goals that God has put in front of us. Do I know that Jesus walked on water? Yeah. Do I know that Jesus can feed thousands? Yes. Do I know that he healed the blind? Yes. Do I believe that he got out of the grave? Yes. Do I know that we can give $110,000 today, that we can get involved in missions and pray for our missionaries? Maybe. Was <laughs> Jesus prepared to do all that he has promised that he's going to do? One doubted, right? Some doubted. So Jesus offers this to them in their moment of doubt that they can do all that Jesus is about to call them to do. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Jesus says, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me, therefore you go. What's been given to Jesus What's been given to Jesus? Authority. authority. What's been given to Jesus? All authority. All authority has been given to him, therefore we can go do missions because of his authority. And it's been given to him, and it's been given to him by God, and he says, you can do anything that I'm going to call you to do because of the authority that's in Jesus. And so now, not only have we been told to not worry, but now we're being told that it's not up to you anyways. 
It's not up to you anyways. When it comes to the authority and the power that's necessary for us to succeed in every aspect of the mission challenge before us today, it is not up to me or you or our authority, our guest speakers or their ability. It's not up to the money that is in our bank accounts and our pockets. It's not up to anything that I have for us to succeed. The authority for God's mission to succeed in the world is rooted entirely in Jesus Christ. I believe we're going to succeed in our our mission challenges, all the ones that have been placed before us, and in the giving challenge today, not because we're so great or we're so wealthy, but because Jesus is. And there's a two-part trap that we fall into when we get it, and the trap is, is two sides of one coin. They seem opposite, but they come from the same root. And here's the first one. The first one is, I believe that God's success in missions, giving, or anything else in my life depends on me. And I think it's my authority and my greatness that will bring success. What's missing? Christ's authority. The second side of the coin is similar but very different. I believe that our if and mission efforts will fail because I'm not good enough, strong enough, or great enough. If you're overconfident about what you're trying to do in your life, it's because you think that it's up to you and to your glory that you have success. It's not your authority that brings success in God's mission. It's Jesus' authority. And if you feel like you're not good enough to succeed, well, here's the good news. It's not up to you anyways. You're going to succeed because of Christ's authority, not yours. His ability, not your ability. And the third thing that, that I want to give you that was given to me, this is part two of God's plan to take his kingdom into all the world, and it comes from John chapter 14. John chapter 14 Verse 10, and it's similar to the passage we just read, but it comes from a different place, and I think it gives us another kind of encouragement. Philip says, Lord, show us the Father. That will be enough for us. And Jesus answered, don't you know me, Philip? Even after I've been among you such a long time, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me? The words I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing this, his work. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves. Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do, here, listen to this. They will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these. I'm going to stop right here. Than these? Go back to that list of all the stories that we just shared in this room a few minutes ago. The the, the miracles, the healings, the power, the calming of the storms. Those things that Jesus did. He says, not only will those who believe in me and come after me continue to do these things, they will do Even even greater things. Because I am going to the Father, and I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask for me for anything in my name, and I will do it. 
And he goes on, he says, if you love me, keep my commands and I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the spirit of truth. Jesus says, listen, everything I've been doing, I've been doing by authority that was given to me from the Father. And I've done these incredible things, but here's the thing, when I leave, because I go back to the Father, you're going to do all of these things and even greater things. Because when I leave, I'm gonna send the Spirit. So the Father has authority and he gives it to the Son and the Spirit now, as Jesus goes back to the Father, is going to take the authority that's been given and in us do even greater things. And as you go through these passages, what I start, what I'm hearing last week when I'm worried about what we're going to do or not do is this, quit worrying, God's in control. Quit thinking it's your greatness that's going to accomplish anything or your weakness that's going to keep you from doing it. The authority is in Jesus. It was given to him by the Father. The Spirit has it and plants it in you, and you're going to do even greater things. I felt better. So I started writing a sermon. So here's the question. If whether or not we succeed or fail in missions... It's not rooted in us, but it's rooted in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And I believe with all my heart that it is. If it's rooted in the the power and authority of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, then what's my job in this story? What's my part? And the last piece of this is is in John chapter 6. It's the part that was read in our scripture reading earlier today. And you've got to hear this story. John chapter 6. Jesus looked up and he saw a great crowd coming toward him and he said to Philip, Philip, where should we buy bread for all these people to eat? He asked only to test him, for he already had in mind what he was going to do. Philip answered him, it would take more than half a year's wages to buy enough bread for each one to have a bite. Another of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. Here's a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish. But how far will they go among so many? How far will they go among so many? You know, we tend to see with the eyes of Philip. We look at the crowd, we look at the cost, and we look at the logistics, and we do all the math, and we see with his eyes obstacles and things that are going to prevent us from success. We tend to speak with the voice of Andrew, uh, who says, but how far will the little that we have go when, when there's such a challenge in front of us? We need to, to have the faith of the boy. The faith of this boy who says, I've got five loaves and two fish. Which, which, let's be honest, five loaves and two fish in a crowd the size of the one in front of Jesus is kind of like a little boy going up to the captain of the Titanic and offering him a, a roll of duct tape, right? <laughs> captain, I found some duct tape. Will this help in this moment of great... I mean, no. But that boy takes the duct tape to the captain and he says, Captain, I think in your hands... This little boy goes up to the apostles and says, I've got five loaves and two fish. If these are in Jesus' hands, 
not because I give them, not because the bread and the fish are that good, but because of who Jesus is. If I can just put the little that I have in the hands of the master, I think something incredible might happen. Philip says, I'd have to give so much, half a year's wages to make one meal's difference. That's a big loss for me and a small gain for so many. I want to hold on to what I've got. Andrew just says, but how can so little do so much when the need is so great? How can what I have, which is almost nothing, go to, to make a difference of this scale in a world that has such a great need? And the boy just says, and I believe if I can get this in the hands of Jesus. If I can get the little that I have. And, and let me tell you something, church, that's the opportunity that you have today. I don't know what's in your hands. And the reality is that it's something different for all of us. There's some of us that, that the five loaves and two fish that you have uh, are maybe five thousands and two hundreds. And there's others that it's five dollars and two coins. But if you put it in the hands of Jesus, it may just be that you have five hours and two hands that you're going to use to serve. It may be that all you have is five prayers and two letters of encouragement. And you think, but what could, could so little do for so many? And the answer is this. If it's in your hands, not much. Not much. But if you put that little that you have into the hands of the master, it's going to explode. He's going to change the world. The kingdom is going to break through. The work and mission of God will be done because you had the faith of the little boy, not the eyes of Philip and the voice of Andrew. Church, here's, here's the challenge. Don't worry. Don't think that it's your greatness or your authority that's going to cause you to succeed. Don't think that, that you're inadequate. Trust that all of that authority comes from God and the Son and the Spirit, and that He's given you enough to, to, to have in your hands that you get to make a decision. And the truth is that it's the same decision that the little boy had 2,000 years ago. Today, your choice is this. Whatever your five loaves and two fish are, Whatever that is that you've got, you get to ask yourself, what can I do with that if I hold on to it? And what will Jesus do with it if I put it in his hands? That's the choice. Today, as we prepare for our March for Missions collection, what I want to ask you is, what do you have? What are your five, fish, five loaves and two fish? And are you willing to put all of it into Jesus' hand, because I can promise you this, if you're willing to do it, he can do more, far, far greater with it than you could ever ask or imagine. Ask or imagine. Uh, gentlemen, we need our guys that were part of the collection to go ahead and go to the back. Here in just a second, we're going to take up our collection. And I want you to remember, the question is not, do we have enough money? The question is, do you have enough faith? The question isn't, are we good enough or are we too weak? The question is, is God have enough authority to see his work done? As you think about what to give and you're worried about what's left over, I want to promise you that you cannot outgive God. 
no one has ever given to God, and at the end of the day, came up lacking. You cannot outgive God. Uh, if today you don't have uh, enough to do it, you can do the pledge card. Only do the pledge card if you're not giving today. Um, if you give part today and, and part in the pledge, put that on the card. Uh, the pledge allows you throughout the year to continue budgeting and giving to missions. Uh, if you need a card, Eddie has a few others. Uh, listen, church, this is our celebration. It's our celebration that God invites us to join him in a mission to make this world look more like his kingdom and less like the fallen place that we live in. Uh, let's give back and join God in that mission uh, as Evan leads us in a song uh, and as we prayerfully and worshipfully uh, engage in this joining with God in mission through giving. launching a lot of new missions. But the mission of God is always this, to seek and save the lost. That the lost sheep might be found and brought back and the lost prodigal son might come back and the father runs to him and welcomes him home and throws a party. We're getting ready to have a party to celebrate the ships that are being sent out, the mission that is being done to seek and save the lost. But let me tell you this today. If you're here right now and you are one of the lost sheep that need to be saved, don't wait. Because we will. We will wait to eat until we can celebrate your being saved, your being found. If today is the day that you need to become a Christian and give your life to Jesus, to join God in mission in ways that you never thought possible, if the loaves and fish that you need to offer to Jesus today is your life, please come forward this morning as we stand and sing. Thank you. 